On today's episode of Locked On NHL, the St. Louis Blues having injury problems, Connor Bedard rocking the World Juniors, and the Winter Classic for 2024 announced, and it's got some pretty interesting names in it. All that much more on today's episode of Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Western Conference Tuesdays. I am your co-host Brett Holden from Locked On Oilers and joined by uh, Dane Lewis. Dane! From Locked On Stars, how are you doing, Dane? We haven't seen each other in a year. Happy New Year's. I know. It feels like it's it's been an eternity, not just a week. I mean, it's been 2022 to 2023, but things are fantastic here. The new year, at least on the, the Dallas Stars front, off to a great start. Win over the Sharks on New Year's Eve. Joe Pavelski contract extension through next season. So not not a lot to complain about as far as you know the, the things I care about in the world of hockey, but also, just in general, things going very well, and a, a happy new year to you as well. Good, good. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. See you here at Edmonton. Uh, I think we're going to erect a uh, claim cost and statue somewhere, <laughs> so we're loving the new guy. Either way, the St. Louis Blues, let's get into our show today, is the St. Louis Blues are having some injury problems, and for a team who don't really know where they are going to be for the rest of the season. They may need to start making some changes. We will talk about that in just a second. But also on today's episode, Connor Bedard scores a winning goal for uh, Canada against Slovakia, a beautiful goal. And I think a lot of teams are starting to say, hmm, maybe we need that guy. So which teams in the Western Conference need Connor Bedard? And what will he look like? in the Western Conference. That will come up in a little bit, and we will wrap up today's episode with a little chatter as the Seattle Kraken have been awarded the 2024 Winter Classic. People got some opinions on it, so we will wrap up today's episode with that. Thank you so much for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. Dane St. Louis has a couple of key injuries that are coming out now. Ryan O'Reilly with a broken foot. And it sounds like Vladimir Tarasenko as well with a broken hand, both from blocking shots. Dane, what does it look like for the St. Louis club who is not exactly in a playoff race right now? Well, things certainly don't look good is the easy answer right now. I, I mean, yeah, you hit it right on the head. Broken foot for Ryan O'Reilly and a, a broken hand or some sort of hand injury for Tarasenko that's going to have him sidelined for at least four weeks. That's when NHL.com has him being reevaluated. And then Ryan O'Reilly at least six weeks until he's able to be evaluated and get updates. But I mean, both of those pretty serious injuries, you need both feet and both hands to be an effective hockey player. And the Blues, like you said, not really in a playoff race right now, 17-17-3, and three, sitting at fifth in the Central Division, and on top of all of it, today they start a four-game road trip. They've got Toronto tonight, New Jersey, and then Montreal and Minnesota as a back-to-back, -back. so, I mean, just things could not be unfolding in a worse way at this point for this team that's really just been kind of middle of the pack. I mean, they're not 
an awful team. We've talked about it the past few weeks with New Year's resolutions and things of that nature. Not an awful team, but also not really a great team. And, you know, you still have Robert Thomas. You still have Jordan Cairo and, you know, a few other decent pieces. But now you lose two guys that whether or not they're producing, I mean, they're kind of the the heart and soul of this team. I mean, especially Ryan O'Reilly as the captain. It's just a really, really tough spot for them to be put in. And I know we're going to talk about Connor Bedard in a little bit and about what teams could benefit from him. And it may feel a little bit dramatic, but at this point, I mean, depending on how things go leading up to the All-Star break, if you're St. Louis and you still can't gain any ground in the playoff race or in the Central Division, maybe you consider backing off a little bit and just seeing where you might fall in the lottery. I mean, because you have Kairou and Robert Thomas around long-term. Who knows what could happen with this team if they happen to stumble across that first overall pick, doesn't seem super likely based on how far ahead, you know, in wins and points and all that right now than they are to, you know, your Anaheims and San Jose's of the world. But I mean, it's the NHL lottery. You never know what's going to happen. So if they really can't find a solution or make a trade, I mean, I don't really know what kind of trade they could make because what player wants to come to St. Louis right now? I just don't think it's a one or two player problem that you can bring in and fix things so it's it's a little bit of a disaster and I mean a team that coming into the season people I think had pretty high expectations for I think I had them finishing somewhere in the top three in the central division and at at this point unless a miracle happens it seems like they could very well miss the postseason altogether and I think you the key thing that you mentioned as well is is the draft that's coming up and the lottery is a lottery. It, 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 even if you have the best odds, it seems you have an under 50% chance to get this. Like it's not even promised that you will get the first overall pick if you do finish last. So it can go to, in theory, the team that just barely missed the playoffs, right? I think the best thing that St. Louis can do is collect all the possible amounts. And I think this is this can go for a bunch of teams that we will also discuss in the Bedard talk. But I think there's a lot that this team and that they can build around and get first round picks. This is a very, very good draft coming up in the first Five, six, I believe you were the one who said it uh, a couple weeks ago. The first five, six players in this draft can be potential cornerstones of teams. Like, they are very good players. I'm looking at a mock draft, Bedard, Fantilli, Leo Carlson, uh, Will Smith, who's uh, an American who has been uh, really rising up the charts recently as well. And then Matt Faye-Michkoff, who at this time last year was slated to go second overall with Bedard. Like, there are a lot of very good players in this draft. If you start kind of tinkering with maybe some teams that are maybe just outside of, of uh, a position, maybe try and steal their chance and you try and lead up. Take a look at what Montreal did with the Ben Chirot deal. I mean, that is a fleece right now. The fact that they could potentially get a Fantilli, a Bedard, whatever, right? That's We're getting ahead of ourselves here. But let's look at this current NHL team right now with both players right now out uh, in O'Reilly and Tarasenko. They have had to call up a couple players. Jake Neighbors has been recalled as well as uh, Nikita Alexandrov. They have to shake up the lines. We talked about a couple weeks ago that at, for some reason, Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, you, your two leading scorers, were on your third line, which made sense because you also have Braden Shen, Brandon Sod, guys who have been there and you like to balance it out. 
Now you can't. And yes, maybe you have your top heavy lineup, but now you have Jake Neighbors, Josh Levo, Alexi Torpchenko, uh, Nikita Alexandrov, and Tyler Pitlick, who's still in the NHL, who is playing in your bottom six. Is what can you mentioned that there are steps that to this rebuild because there isn't exactly even I'm not pumped with their prospects. So what can you do? with this team that can really try and retool this team. Yeah. It, there's not an easy answer. Cause I don't think you can just go full blown rebuild. Cause you have mm-hmm. two guys in Cairo and Thomas who you've signed to, you know, eight year deals. Like they, they signed to those deals in confidence, thinking that the team would be competitive for the majority of those years that they're with the team and that they would have, you know, the adequate pieces around them to be competitive in the Western conference in the central division. And and now that that seems like at least for this season and who knows what next season looks like, I, I believe I don't have cap friendly pulled up, but I think they have a lot of expiring contracts. So this could be a drastically different looking team next season. And so I, I think maybe I mean, if things continue to, again, snowball and go in a, in the wrong direction, I mean, I think you, you try to get whatever capital you can as far as draft picks or prospects. I, I mean, things that can help the team long-term. It might not be the best solution for Blues fans right now or something that they are looking forward to because, I mean, this team is not too far removed from winning a championship. And then even last season, I mean, they took the Avalanche to six games. They maybe gave them the most competitive series outside of Tampa Bay in the final. Like, they weren't a bad team last year, and the roster hasn't changed too much this year. I, I And I, of course, haven't watched every single St. Louis Blues game. But from what I can see, I mean, there's just not that same spark and and I don't really know what it is but I feel like especially with your captain and then Tarasenko who was a good leader of the team but also a pretty good contributor with 29 points I mean with those guys out for extended time and I mean even once they get back who knows if they'll be the same caliber of players things just don't look good for the Blues this season so you got to try to get I think what you can out of it uh, and maybe you know try to try to get a good draft position I don't know, maybe you move some pieces at the deadline as well that can help you, maybe not this season, but again, in the long term. Inspiring contracts right now for the Blues include Ivan Barbashev, Noel Achari, uh, Josh Levo, Tyler Pitlick. They also have Nico Mikola and uh, Thomas Grice as well, but also RFAs include uh, Tyler Tucker, uh, Alexei Torpchenko, and Logan Brown as well. Uh, A name that I want to mention right now who is kind of making the rounds on hockey Twitter on St. Louis is uh, Callie Rosen. He is now on the third pairing for the uh, St. Louis Blues. You mentioned potentially players that they can move out for Capital, trade capital in general here. Uh, my favorite advanced stat, because I'm not a big, you can't just toss a Jay Fresh page in front of me and I'll know, oh, this is a good play. I, I don't know. I don't know what it means. But I like the goals for and goals against per 60 minutes stat uh, for uh this because then you're able to put everybody on the same level if you play 60 minutes this is the type of output or that you're putting in offensively defensively either way goals for per 60 minutes at five on five for the st louis blues right now the number one player is defenseman callie rosen at uh, 4.12 the goals against per 60 minutes 
the best player for their team who have played at least uh, uh, 150 minutes because it's also Alexandrov and Tucker who have played nine and four games respectively. But uh, Callie Rosen sits uh, sixth on the team in that with a pretty solid 1.84. So I think he's another player who, if he keeps playing down this line here, that teams may want to take a pull at, take a look at the response or the, 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 trade that the Oilers made for Brett Kulak, a guy who is a little under the radar, but really helped the Oilers down the stretch last year. Maybe not so much this year, but was very good down the stretch for the Oilers last year and in the playoffs, the most consistent player. And you take a look at Callie Rosen, he can also produce offensively as well. Maybe there's some little subtle guys, Nolachari as well, who I think teams may want to look out at, look at as well. Uh, before we move on to the solid number one overall pick next year in Connor Bedard, uh, Dane, anything else you want to mention about uh, the St. Louis Blues here? Not, not necessarily. I feel like we kind of covered all the bases, and I mean, who knows? It'll be an interesting story to follow to see kind of what they do at the deadline and, and things like that, just to see what they're going to try to get out of this and, and how the team is managed from here on out. I think it'll be an interesting storyline to follow. Absolutely. And uh, shout out Jordan Bennington. I'm sure we didn't even mention him either, but uh, uh, either way. He gets enough attention as is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's move on to, as mentioned, the let's chalk him in as the number one overall pick. It's just a matter of who. We'll be picking Connor Bedard at number one in Nashville at the NHL entry draft. So how will he look in some Western Conference teams jerseys? We will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball. And even though, yes, I know the World Cup is over. Lionel Messi is a great player, whatever. The Premier League is back on. And Casemiro just scored for Manchester United. I could only imagine what those odds were for the the first goal scorer for defensive mid. Either way, if you love sports podcasts as well, which if you're listening to us, you probably do, you can find those at Bet Online as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, uh, Dane, I don't know if you ever heard of this kid, uh, Connor. Um, <clears throat> uh, he plays for the Regina Pats. He just was playing for Canada at the World Juniors, I believe. Connor Bedard. Have you ever heard of this guy before? Just, just murmurs. I mean, apparently, the the secret to success in the world of hockey is just name your son Connor, and you're going to be a, a generational talent. We have Everything. Connor McDavid in Edmonton, who I mean, you watch every night or every game that he plays, and then you know, right behind him, right now, we have this kid who is. I mean, I mean, I, there's no words that you can use that haven't already been used for for how special this this kid is. I mean, that I watched that goal that he scored the other night, or I guess that was last night. I mean, who knows how many times now? Because unassisted goal, he does that all on his own in overtime. I, I mean, it's unbelievable, unreal what he's doing, and I mean, his stock was already incredibly high, but I mean, there's not a lot you can say that hasn't already been said. 
superlatives are superlatives and there's only a limited amount until you just start getting silly and honestly this kid makes you feel silly because he's still 17 years old and he's just now well just not just now is he's already played i think half of the amount of games eric lindros played at the world or for team canada and he's already broken that record and still has semifinals and potentially the finals to play as well. And to think maybe he can have another tournament next year if his team allows him to go. And maybe one more. Who knows? Like, he is producing at an unbelievable clip. Heading into last night, he had 18 points in four games. Four games. He just got his third player of the game at the World Juniors. And you don't see that often. So... It has led to a lot of people now asking, just like we did with St. Louis, going, all right, um, we're probably not in the title playoff race. Never mind the title race, a playoff race right now. There's this really good kid playing for the Regina Pats right now, potentially could get a trade to a very good team somewhere else in the WHL to help him get to the Memorial Cup. Hmm... Should we start to tank here? There's a couple of teams here in the Western Conference. I'm going to ask you one question first before we start rifling through the other teams. But, Dane, who in the Western Conference do you want to see Connor Bedard play for? Let's get that out of the way here first. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you could go. And, I mean, I'm really looking at, you know, the bottom four teams in the conference, Arizona, San Jose, Anaheim and then Chicago at the very bottom. I feel like I find myself going to those teams, although I think for the sake of this argument and for, I don't know, maybe just a little bit of controversy as well, I think that Vancouver would be a very interesting location for him to land in. We've talked a lot about them the past few weeks. They're just in a tough spot. They need some sort of spark. They have some nice pieces, Pedersen, Miller. I know that Brock Besser... There's a whole lot going on with him. We don't know how much longer he'll be around with that team. Uh, just a lot of things that are not going their way after people had some high expectations for them. I personally wouldn't mind seeing him go to the Vancouver Canucks and being kind of that fresh start that that franchise seems to need. So that's my answer now. It probably could change you know, week to week or day to day. I think there's certainly some good arguments to be made for some of the other bottom dwelling teams in the Western Conference as well. Yeah, I have a lot of, uh, not necessarily conspiracies, but just theories in general. And I like to really look ahead to what can really happen. But uh, my first thing is, first of all, my team that I would love to see him play for. By the way, a line of Bedard, Pedersen, and Kuzmenko would be very interesting and fun and dynamic to watch. Uh, maybe need somebody big like a Tyler Myers or a Luke Shen back there. But hey, you got a couple guys who can do the protecting. Either way... The team that I want to see him play for is the Anaheim Ducks. Now, I've heard a lot of people go, please don't go to the Anaheim Ducks. Why not? Why not? Could you imagine Trevor Zegras, Mason McTavish, and Connor Bedard? I mean, Connor Bedard and Mason McTavish were already a dynamic duo in themselves last year or at the last of the summer world juniors i have written down some of the top prospects for the ducks olin zellweger who he's currently playing with at the world juniors mason mctavish as mentioned he's already played with as well nathan gochier who's currently playing with him at the world juniors tyson hines 
currently playing with him at the World Juniors as well. Sasha Pastajev, a fantastic uh, American forward. And uh, Pavel Mintikov as well, who is a very exciting prospect. The future for Anaheim looks very bright. And I think Connor Bedard could really excel. I mean, Anaheim, Disneyland. Yeah, you never know. I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. But uh, what do you think? Now, there's been conversations around this already now. If he gets picked by Arizona, the Mullet Arena, let's be real. Not very many people, especially a player like Connor Bedard, who wants to have success, who the league wants to have success as well. Is a place like Arizona really a place that he could play? Or does he pull a Lindros? Just just follow Lindros in his whole situation the whole time. But what do you, what do you think about that? It, it's, it's interesting because, yeah, you have Mullet Arena. They're only playing in front of 5,000 people at their home games. I, I mean, they're just a, a forgotten franchise, I mean, for lack of a better term. And they haven't been very good. And also, just as someone who covers a central division team i personally wouldn't want to have to play him three or four times a season or have my team play him three or four times a season yeah. but on the, on the other hand I, I mean i think you can look at it from that perspective and say he might not want to play there he could play there for a few seasons but you know it's wasted potential and then he you know once his deal expires or he demands a trade he moves on but on the other hand i mean similar to vancouver in a sense that they need something to go right for them I think Arizona needs it way more. I mean, they need someone to come in and really start to draw a crowd and give, you know, the Valley a reason to care about hockey, which I just, you know, I don't think it really does right now. And I, I know just in general, I've heard people say maybe not the best sport area to be completely honest, even though they do have some other teams around that have had some success. But I mean, this is, this isn't just a, a number one overall pick or a guy that's like, yeah, he could go number one overall. He could be a fine player. Like this is, a generational type talent is, is what is being described to us and what we're witnessing at the world juniors. So who knows if he comes into a city like, or a state rather like Arizona and, and plays for that organization and things start to click between him and Clayton Keller and some of the other nice pieces that they have. Logan Cooley. I know people are looking forward to there. I mean, who knows? Maybe he changes the direction of that franchise and can alter how that team is viewed in that part of the country where hockey is an afterthought more often than not. Dylan Gunther. Hey, you never know. Austin Matthew. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I have to, I have to. Uh, but uh, I was listening to a radio station today. I forget, I forget who it was. But they were mentioning how Arizona, uh, who are sitting almost in a dead heat with Vancouver right now, they might not have a, a position where uh, you mentioned it as well, where the lottery is a lottery. It comes down to, it really comes down to the lottery balls. It is what it is. That's the, what the league is now. But if you're Arizona, you have a couple of very interesting players, Jacob Chikrin, uh, uh, Shane ghost is bear. Hey, Carol Vamelka is a very, very good goaltender. I think a lot of teams would like a Carol Vamelka as well. I'm curious as JJ uh, Moser as well has been having a very quietly good season last couple of seasons as well. One of the only players from his draft class last year that played in the NHL. Yes, it's Arizona and it is what it is, but he still played in the NHL and is still there 
for a reason. Uh, Matias Michelli as well. They have a quite interesting future as well. And we haven't talked yet, though, um, about the team in last. It's very difficult, and this is the reason why I bring up Arizona and, and teams like that, Vancouver as well. It's very difficult for those teams to get to the level, which is a very interesting word to use, of the Chicago Blackhawks right now. However, yes, they don't look very good, and I, I'm sitting there going, I'm not sure how I feel about their scouting about their drafting and i was taking a look at some of their prospects and i go mm, okay gavin hayes who they uh, i believe the they received in the kirby doc trade that pick uh they got gavin hayes has been fantastic for the flint firebirds one of my favorite uh prospects from last year lucas reichel a very good prospect as well uh kevin korchinski who had 61 assists for the seattle thunderbird last year Colton Doc, Kirby's brother, who's very uh, just injured his shoulder at the World Juniors, but still a very good player. Nolan Allen, and of course, of course Frank Nazer as well. So they have a very good uh, uh, future as well. How would you feel about Bedard in Chicago? Well, once again, my initial thought is please keep him out of the central, but uh, I think <laughs> yeah. as far as locations, yeah. I'm on the Pacific side, so either he's going to yeah. Anaheim, yeah. San Jose, Vancouver. So, hey, it's either you or me. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 For, for both of us. I mean, one of us is not going to end up a winner. Or, or, you know, it's bittersweet of like, yes, you get to watch, you know, one of the best do his thing for maybe a long time. But also, he terrorizes your team a little bit. So, it's, it's <laughs> you know, a little bit of give and take. And I think as far as all these teams kind of at the bottom of the standings, I think geographically and, you know, city-wise – this would be a pretty decent place for him to end up. Like you look at Arizona, Anaheim, San Jose, maybe even Vancouver. I mean, they. I can imagine that there's probably some trouble to get some fan engagement right now, some more than others, like Arizona. It's probably a massive struggle. One, you have a small arena, but you also got to try to get people in there that are your fans. I know Anaheim, I mean, they're already having to play second fiddle to the Kings and a ton of other sports franchises around that city. But I mean, Chicago, they care about their other sports too, but I mean, Blackhawks fans, you watch those games. And even when they come to Dallas, I mean, their fans show up. There's a ton of red in those visiting arenas whenever, wherever the Blackhawks go. So I think that there would be an instant connection. You wouldn't have to convince that fan base to, you know, hey, this guy's going to be really good. You should like him and, you know, cheer him on so he'll want to stay. Like, people know in Chicago who Connor Bedard is, and I think they'd be excited to have him. But I think the question, and you touched on a little bit, is how soon can they get a good team around him? How soon can they be competitive and, and try to get back to the playoffs and try to make, you know, not just make it to the playoffs, but make a deep run and play in those meaningful games down the stretch? I just don't know if it could happen as soon in Chicago as it could in, in another city, say Vancouver, say Anaheim, uh, or, or, you know, even San Jose. I know we haven't really touched on them much, but I mean, Chicago is just in a weird place where their leading scorers, Patrick Kane, you know, Jonathan Taves, those guys aren't going to be around forever and they're starting to get older. It's just a really weird spot where it'd be nice to get them, but you might have to wait two, three or more seasons before you really have the team where you'd want it to be at. Yes. And of course, we got to mention San Jose. Yes. Uh, big, interesting future for San Jose, too. Uh, big to see what they get for Eric Carlson, too. That can lead into what they can 
potentially get in a lottery, depending how that team ends too. So a lot of things potentially going into Connor Bedard. And like you said, and well, how quickly can you surround them with a good team? It's kind of the issue that the Oilers have with Connor McDavid too, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, you can watch Connor Bedard next uh, time he steps on the ice as Canada and the States in the semifinals at the World Juniors. That is going to be a banger. Uh, it is on uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday, 7.30 local, which is an odd time for like basically everybody else. Uh, 4.30 <laughs> Mountain Time, uh, 5.30 Central, and... Uh, wherever you are, 3.30 Pacific too. Uh, let's move on to a fun little game that was also played this weekend, the Winter Classic, but the one next year has been announced and it's causing a little bit of a stir. We shall talk about that in just a second, but do you want to learn more about Connor Bedard? We have the show for you. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day, but make sure you check out Locked on NHL prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft, plus NHL draft rankings and top prospects comparisons for every team. Locked on NHL prospects available on YouTube and wherever you find your podcasts. Alrighty, Dane. Uh, very interesting news coming out of the Winter Classic as the 2024 Winter Classic has been announced. And there were some rumors going around. It sounded like, oh, it's going to be a team that's never been in it before. Well, there's going to be two teams who have never been in it before. As the Seattle Kraken will host the Vegas Golden Knights in the 2024 Winter Classic. Two teams, two expansion teams getting the call, and some people aren't very happy as there's been a couple of clubs waiting a couple of years, well, heck, 20 years since the first ever outdoor game in Edmonton against the Montreal Canadiens. And now these teams are just coming into the NHL, and now they get this spectacle. Uh, Dane, how do you feel about uh, Seattle and Vegas playing in the 2024 Winter Classic? Well, it was definitely a surprise. I'm, I'm right with you there that, you know, you have the teams that have never played in an outdoor game. I know, especially Columbus. Every I'm just like, how has Columbus not been a part of an outdoor game? And obviously, maybe right now isn't the best time to have them because of the, the position that they're in. But, you know, I digress there. And I know there's certainly a lot of opinions going around the Internet about Seattle and Vegas. And Vegas already has, you know, they've been in the league for only a small handful of years, but already kind of built up this villain reputation and the Kraken I think are still kind of in the good graces of most of the NHL community weren't very good last season they're doing a little bit better this time around but slowly but surely kind of starting to to fade a little bit in that Pacific division but I, I overall am a fan of the decision I mean I'm a fan of the the winter classic and the outdoor games I think it's something really cool that you know the sport of hockey is able to do that other sports can't really do you can't really take you know college football or the NFL and go play it in a different location. I know basketball for the most part, they play inside. I know there's like one college basketball game a year that happens on a, a Navy aircraft carrier, which is cool. But like, I mean, this is something that I think is unique to hockey and, you know, people, I think tune in and watch it, even if they're not hockey fans necessarily, because they say, Oh, 
the Boston Bruins and Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't know a lot about those teams, but I like Fenway Park and I think baseball is cool. So I'll tune in and watch. And then, you know, you get a, a low scoring game, but a pretty entertaining game at that. And I think in terms of growing the game and, and you know, getting people connected to the sport, I think that this is a good decision, especially with expansion teams. Not that Seattle needs too much more publicity because I think that their fan base is already pretty strong. It's a pretty good sports city, but I, I really do think it, it's a good idea and I think it's all going to work out. I mean, you go back a few years when they announced, hey, the Winter Classic is heading to Dallas. Stars are going to take on the Predators and people complained and they said, why would you want to play an outdoor hockey game in Texas? No one's going to care. No one's going to show up. I mean, and people said, oh, why not get you know Philadelphia, Boston, New York? Detroit. I mean, the, the places and teams that have done it before, and some of those teams have done it countless times. But then, lo and behold, January 1st, 2020, 85,000 people, a sellout crowd at the Cotton Bowl here in Dallas. And it was a great game, good product. And, and I, I don't know. I just think that that's going to happen again. I think it's going to happen in Seattle. I don't maybe expect it to be as many people because it is a baseball park in Seattle that they're playing at. But I, I think people are going to show up. I think people are going to care about it, especially there. And I'm sure Vegas will have some good representation as well. And you've got some interesting players that are going to take part. I think Matty Beneers is finally kind of coming into his zone. Shane Wright will hopefully be, you know, a lot better. I mean, he's developing pretty well now that he's had some time to adjust and acclimate to the professional game at the NHL level. But then even on the Vegas side, you have Jack Eichel, you have uh, Logan Thompson, who's kind of his star is rising as far as goaltending. So, it's a little bit of a rant on my end, but as someone who watched their hockey team get dogged on for you know having to play an outdoor game and then it ended up working out really well, I, I think it's going to work out just fine here. And I get the argument, you know, you got to respect the older teams and the history and the, the pageantry of some of these older teams, especially out east. But I, I really don't see you know too much harm being done here. If anything, I think it's going to help grow and expand the game uh, and help it reach new audiences. And that's exactly, that's what this is about. And I, and I think, first of all, I think it should be mentioned that Seattle is an unbelievable sports city. An mm -hmm. unbelievable sports city. One of the best sports cities in, in North America, for sure. And, and they will always support their Seahawks. They will always support their Mariners. I mean, we know how bad the Mariners have been over the last few years. And they still are there every single game and have always been some of the best fans in the MLB. It's same with the NFL. So now, and once they got the crack and going, they also have been some very good fans in the NHL. And this is about growing the game and making it, hey, I, 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 I've never watched hockey before, but they're playing a game outside. That's fun. It's a cool environment. You mentioned uh, the Vegas fans as well. I have had numerous uh, uh, interactions with Vegas Golden Knights fans, and they, first of all, travel well, and B, they are very knowledgeable about the game and are very great fans. And, and so I think they're going to travel to Seattle. And this is where my thinking also becomes is, then you can also kind of generate a little bit of a rivalry. Think about what they did with the, the Vancouver Canucks with at the uh, the expansion draft where they're like, and the first game's going to be against Vancouver. Ah, and everyone goes, yay. And it's the, the big, uh, the rivalry in the Pacific Northwest. Now you can also have a rivalry of these two new expansion teams. They're, they're, they're battling it out to be, uh, I don't want to say relevant in the NHL, because I don't think that's fair, but just you see what the other teams have done in 
the history and now you have all these teams now going, hey, hey, what the heck? Why, why don't we have it? Now you can go out there and prove yourselves as organizations, as cities, and go, we're here in the NHL. And, and I think that's really going to be an exciting thing. I understand the other side of it, and I think it's because we're both on the same side here saying that I think it's a good thing. I think it's uh, a, a, we should mention that, yes, we understand the other side of it that – other teams have been waiting for it. There's a long list of teams who haven't been in it. Heck, take a look at the Edmonton Oilers are hosting another Heritage Classic. You know, there's there's still teams who are recycling and going through. Boston and Pittsburgh just played in another Winter Classic. How many Winter Classic jerseys can you make before <laughs> you just look like a soccer team, you know? So there's just so many things that you can do with the winter classic and sometimes the NHL haven't done it the best, but I think this is a very good idea from the NHL either way. Uh, last question, because I'm a Jersey head. If you couldn't tell here, I'm sure they're going to make some very exciting jerseys. There are two teams who have very fun branding. What do you think the jerseys are going to be? Do you think they're going to have some fun jerseys here? Because I'm personally a fan of the reverse retros for both of the teams because they're fun, different. Um, but what do you think? Do you think it's it's a little uh, too experimental for those jerseys? Or what? what's your side of it? I, I think that they can be pretty fun. I think it's interesting color schemes that we haven't, seen too much of i know vegas is black and gold and you know you have pittsburgh and boston but it's like actually gold in vegas like boston and pittsburgh is almost like a yellow like a mustard yellow mm -hmm. but you know vegas yeah i'm on the same page i like their reverse retros vegas is has those glow in the dark jerseys those are super sick and i think seattle has a very unique color scheme as well and again you're playing in a baseball park so you can maybe try to you know mix in some some mixtures with the mariners because the mariners are like you said haven't been a great team recently but this past season were really good and they have a few budding young stars too. So you try to get that organization involved, kind of like what the Bruins did with the Red Sox yesterday. They had, you know, legends from the Bruins and legends from the Red Sox come out and drop the puck and be present on the field. I think if you do that, you generate a little bit more fan interest of, Hey, Ken Griffey Jr. is going to be at this game or he's going to get to drop the puck. I think that that's going to continue to draw the crowd in and, you know, get, get the fans more involved. And I think some good jerseys will complement that too. Exactly. And J-Rod's going to be there. Heck, maybe oh, yeah. Russell Wilson. Oh, <laughs> country, let's run. Anyways, let's wrap it up there, Dane. Uh, where can the people find you? Yeah, they can find me at Dane double underscore Lewis on Twitter. And of course, if you want to catch up on anything Dallas Stars related, just search Locked on Stars on Twitter. Also on Instagram, but of course, the Locked on Stars podcast free and available on YouTube as well as podcasting platforms Monday through Friday. And it's going to be interesting to see when episodes come out over the next couple of days with, again, 9 p.m. puck drop times. Just uh, if you got a second, just just keep your fellow podcasters, or, or I guess the podcasters you listen to in mind is uh, sometimes episodes come out late, but it's because they got to get sleep. That's what <laughs> I got to try to find out how to do these next couple of days is get some good content out there, but also get some rest as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I certainly hear that. And uh, you can find me as well at on every social media at the real Holden 40. I think my Spotify is that too. If you want to listen to good music, <laughs> but you don't care about me. You care about the Oilers and you can find the show at locked on Oilers on Twitter. Exactly how it sounds. And if you haven't subscribed on YouTube yet, 
What are you doing? You can find us on YouTube as well at Locked On Oilers. There, exactly how it sounds. Thank you so much for joining us here today on Locked On NHL, the Western Conference Tuesdays. Very exciting things coming out of the Western Conference. And I think we're going to have a very fun playoff battle down the road in 2023. Happy New Year, everybody. We shall see you next week. Stay safe. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.